Malcolm, it's the Spice Girls. They've come to talk to you. Isn't that wonderful? Hello, Malcolm. It's Jerry. I'm Melanie C. And I'm... The 2000s Chart Show. Malcolm. The 2000s Chart Show. The 2000s Chart Show. That's right. Hello and welcome to the 2000s Chart Show. The only podcast powerful enough to wake Malcolm out of his coma. I am... Samuel Spencer, a journalist who is Jamelia in the streets and Javine in the sheets. And by the sheets, I mean my bed, which is currently where I'm recording because it's absolutely freezing. I don't know what you want to do with that image. Just puts things into context. And talking about context, this is the podcast where every week we are celebrating the UK Top 40 from 20 years ago. We have just done seven months of 2003 and now welcome to 2004. Hope you had a happy new year. Certainly happier than the actual new year I had between 2003 into 2004 where we had a party in my house. All of my cousins came and then everybody got food poisoning. When I say, you know, people having to go like three to a bath because all the toilets were taken, that was what was going on, which I hope is not a metaphor for the quality of the music that we're going to hear in the next year. But I've already started to have a look and I think 2004 might be even better than 2003. And certainly this week's new releases give us that idea. We have S Club 8, Sophie Ellis-Bexter, who in 2024 is having a huge year. We're soon going to find out how 2004 was for her. And of course, Victoria Beckham with her iconically missing from Spotify's songs, this groove and let your head go we will see where all of those have got to they are three of seven new entries we have this week so a gentle entry into the new year january always a slow month for the uk top 40 but that doesn't mean that we've got less to talk about we have so much so let's kick off with at number 40 our first new entry ocean color scene with golden gate bridge on the edge of the night have a kind of weird superstition when it comes to films that the first film you see in a given year will kind of set how good the rest of the year will be for you culturally and so I hope that's not the case with Ocean Colour Scene's Golden Gate Bridge because my god if one thing should be banned from the pop charts it is British bands sing songs about American locations you know you go to America one time you're like wow the Big Apple I'm so inspired to release all this music don't do it never do it There's a general rule that I think bands should have when singing about America, which is that if you wouldn't sing about the equivalent thing in Britain, then you shouldn't sing about its American counterpart. So don't release a song called Golden Gate Bridge unless you're willing to release a song called Seven Bridge or Humber Bridge. Sadly, however, I was not around in 2004. I was only 11 and so Ocean Colour Scene were not taking heed of my advice. And so here we are with Golden Gate Bridge. Entertainment.ie summed up ocean color scenes 2004 with this review of their album it's business as usual mid-paced blues rock turgid dad rock arrangements and lyrics so vague as to be absolutely meaningless and truly this song fits into the absolutely meaningless lyrics section so this is the beginning of the chorus and i need you to know i can trust you with my life on the golden gate bridge what does that even mean why would you 
trust someone with your life on the Golden Gate Bridge, but not like other places. Like I had a look at pictures of the Golden Gate Bridge. There's quite high railings. So you could pretty much trust anyone with your life in the Golden Gate Bridge unless they really had strong arms and were quite tall and then they could maybe be able to push you over. But otherwise, if you've already gone to San Francisco with someone, you know, they're unlikely to push you there and then. The only way I could see that working as a lyric if, is if you took a Dr. Zeus approach to it. And I need you to know I can trust you with my life on the Golden Gate Bridge. I need to know I can trust you with my life with a fridge. I need, need to know I can trust you with my life. There, that's the only thing I can think of that rhymes with bridge. So that's the end of that bit. <laughs> Crazy. Ocean Colour Scene. I think I said this before. The last time they had a song in the top 40, a band that I'd assumed had just... They are so tied up in the mid-90s to me that I just assumed when the clock struck midnight on the 31st of December 1999, they just turned into water vapour. But it seems that they continued going all the way as a chart going concern to 2007 when they would have their last UK top 40. I think that brings us to our first important lesson that I'm bringing to you, and that is never underestimate the power of tragic dads trying to relive their Britpop peak glad I can impart some wisdom to you there. So that is at number 40 and at number 39 we have Ja Rule with Clapback and Reigns. Now this song's been on the chart for a few weeks and we've talked about Clapback but we have not talked about Reigns. Blow your like a wind chill, leave your mind on the windshield and have your whip to win windmills. That's what rain feels like when it's hitting a little harder than drizzling. Flying up, got crying in Christians in. I can't believe it's come to this, it's unheard. Now it's gonna rain down murder. This got me on an insane wormhole that maybe no one will care about, but I think if anyone else apart from me cares about this, then they are the kind of person that would listen to this podcast. So I will test it out on you. Any new listeners we got over the festive period, and we did get a few. I'd like to say it's not always this nerdy, but unfortunately it is. So jump on board, as Kylie would say to Robbie. And let's talk about the song Reigns, which on the album version was called Murder Reigns, but it's just being released here as the song Reigns. Obviously, I think this is an attempt at making it radio-friendly. The idea being that playlisters may be a bit nervous of a song with the word murder in it, but they would play that exact same song if it was just called Reigns, even if quite a lot of the lyrics were actually about murder, so kind of hiding in plain sight. But of course, that wasn't enough. I needed to be certain. So of course, what did I do? I brought up the Ofcom guidelines about language in songs. Of course. Would you believe I have a day job and yet I still have leisure time to do all this? Crazy. Anyway, so the two principal rules in the era of bad language on the radio are that generally accepted standards must be applied so as to provide adequate protection for members of the public from the inclusion in such services of harmful and or offensive material. So basically the idea being that if they, it's lunchtime, you may not expect a murder-heavy song to be playing alongside, I don't know, Rachel Stevens. They add to this, in applying generally accepted standards, broadcasters must ensure that material which may cause offence is justified by the context. Such material may include, but it's not limited to, offensive language, violence, sex, sexual violence, humiliation, distress, violation of human dignity, discriminatory treatment or language, for example on the grounds of age, disability, gender, race, religion, beliefs and sexual orientation. By the way, I think there's many songs by Westlife that are a violation of my human dignity, so I guess I will have to make an Ofcom complaint about that since I finish recording. But basically that suggests that it's the content of the song itself that is the problem, so just changing the name of the song from Reigns from Murder Reigns isn't going to do it any different at all. So it really asks more questions than it answers. Despite all this, however, I think it was faintly ridiculous to change the name from Murder Reigns, but it seems to have been a success because this song 
reached a peak of number nine, giving Ja Rule his third top ten single after Always On Time, an incredible song, a punctuality anthem for those of us who are always on time, and Living It Up, another great song from Ja Rule, which got to number five. However, in November 2004, he will get his first number one. So listen closely for that in a few months if my deep dive into the Ofcom guidelines didn't make you switch off. Honestly, if that was too much for you, you won't enjoy the rest of the podcast. So it's good you get out now, really. Okay, 38 now is Lamar with 5050 slash lullaby. And I need her right now in my life. Lamar, of course, the most successful contestant from the first season of Fame Academy. And a little bit later on, on this week's episode, we will be talking about the, not to spoil things, but brief solo career of another Fame Academy finalist. So look forward to that as we head into the top 10. But for now, here is at 37, Have a Cheeky Christmas by the Cheeky Girls. down from 14 in its fourth week i do feel a little bit sorry for the cheeky girls at the moment i think because obviously it's great that sophie ellis bexter currently at number eight i think as i record this looking very likely she could crack the top five next week but she's not it's not the only iconic song from this era that is in saltburn and it's a shame that have a cheeky christmas by the cheeky girls wasn't able to also get some success from the film saltburn i guess it's not too late although saying that it would be (laughs) completely deranged if Have a Cheeky Christmas only started charting in January but that is you know the charts are a wild west at the moment so stranger things have happened for now however they are at number 37 last year they had reached a peak of number 10 and we have exactly one more UK top 40 from the Cheeky Girls coming in October 2004 the incredibly named Cheeky Flamenco no really that is what it's called 36 now this is the first song on this week's chart that appeared in our best songs of 2003 special last week which you can still listen to if you have not done so already And our second new entry at 35, JD with Plastic Dreams. Plastic 
Lucid Dreams, of course, not to be confused with Liquid Dreams, everyone's favourite song by the boy band O-Town about coming in your pants, thinking about various female celebrities. Presumably plastic dreams are that, but you've got a condom on, I would guess. Although this is a new entry, a new version of this song, this is not the first time that JD has charted in the top 40 with plastic dreams. This song previously got to number 18 in September 1997, and in total it has been released nine different times. First released in 1992, then 95, 97 it finally charts, then in 1998 they re-release it again, weirdly, despite it only having been in the chart five months previously. So unsurprisingly that doesn't work. It only gets to number 96, and here on in January 2004, it reaches its second time in the top 40. It will then be released again in 2006, 2008, 2011, 2012, 2016, and most recently 2019. None of those worrying the top 100 in any way. All of which makes me think of Mean Girls. Gretchen. Stop trying to make plastic dreams happen. It's not going to happen. In case you're wondering who JD is, this persistent producer, he is a Dutch producer calling himself JD, not just the initials, J-A-Y-D-E-E, despite the fact that his initials are not J nor D. And in fact, his name is Robin Albers. A few more things to know about Robin Albers, aka JD. He has one of the most casually insane Wikipedia bios I have ever seen. I'll read it for you. After a degree in commercial studies, I don't know what that is. I think it's just, I don't know, you watch the Churchill nodding dog ad for three years or something. That's not the weird bit though. So Albers played in the Dutch national baseball team. Okay, odd. And was triple Dutch arm wrestling champion. I don't know how you become a triple arm wrestling champion. Do you have to have a third arm? Anyway, then he started his career as a DJ and was a radio host on Dutch music and sports programs for 11 years. All the while dreaming his plastic dreams and like plastic dreams would be i imagine this song is ultimately hollow and unsatisfying to me it sounds like an elevator going to a nightclub where you'll spend loads of money and yet still have a terrible time shout out to everyone who experienced that on new year's eve because that is the only kind of clubs that seem to be open on new year's eve happy 2024 our next new entry is straight on from jd and his plastic dreams his last song was a homophobic scree. Let's hope he's doing better this time. This is DMZ, not DMZ. This is not the demilitarized zone of Korea, this song. This is DMX featuring Swizz Beats with Get It On The Floor. The producer Swizz Beats gave an interview about this song with Complex. I just wanted to get X back in the clubs. Honey, X never left the clubs. That's X means ecstasy. Yeah, good. Okay. With another mainstream record that people could relate to, I was like, we should get back to basics and get back in the club. We haven't had nothing in the club for a while. I thought Get It On The Floor was a perfect song for that time. And by we should go back to basics, they meant we should go back to X Gonna Give It To You by DMX and just rip it off. Just do it again. Who cares? People at the club are too high on X to notice. However, this cynical approach did not work because this will be DMX's last UK Top 40. 
the last of five with his peak being the aforementioned X Gonna Give It To You, which got to number six in May 2003, one of the first songs we talked about on this podcast. So we have tracked the entire life and death of DMX's career in the UK. DMX, by the way, the pseudonym of Earl Simmons. Apparently the name DMX started as an acronym for Divine Master of the Unknown, which is great until you realise, of course, that the word unknown does not begin with X. He then later changed it to mean Dark Man X. Maybe he originally was called the Divine Master of the Xylophone, but then thought that became slightly uncool and so changed the X to unknown. Who can say? Talking of Wikipedia pages, DMX has quite the alarming one, well worth a read if you've got a spare hour. I love a Wikipedia page where it has a section called legal issues and then it has to break it down by year. There are eight different sections of his legal issues and there were so many of them within those sections that they had to be broken down by bullet points. The writer was like, I can't fit these in a full paragraph, just need to bullet point them. First sent to prison in 1986 for stealing a dog from a junkyard apparently. Weirdly, animal-related incidents were just a general part of his criminal life. He then, in 1998, faced an animal cruelty charge after people found a dozen pit bulls in his home, although that was eventually dismissed. He then faced another charge of animal cruelty on May the 9th, 2008. And, of course, other things that he's been charged with include possession of weapons, possession of marijuana, reckless driving, driving without a licence, robbery, and tax fraud. So he was last released from prison. That was on the tax fraud charges on in January 2019 and of course he sadly died in 2021 of what was deemed to be a cocaine induced heart attack just another alarming section of his wikipedia alongside the fact that he had 14 kids and speaking of the number 14 that was also the age in which he became addicted to crack entered rehab in 2002 2017 and 2019 before of course sadly that cocaine induced heart attack so very sad for dmx but luckily for us the next song in our chart is the direct opposite of a cocaine induced heart attack it is Say It Isn't So by Gareth Gates. That is down from 27 in its fifth week. about to fall out of the chart there gareth gates last single for four years he won't come back until 2007 but we are right back with songs up to number 30 so at number 32 we have cry little sister i need you now that is staying firm at 32 in its fourth week and as you listen to it now am i crazy or does this song have the exact same riff in the background as cry for you by september i don't know maybe it's just me but i definitely could hear a similarity between those two there Thirty-one. We have Crash the Wedding by Busted. That's a former number one in its eighth week, down from twenty-eight. So a good run on the charts. Yeah. 
at number 30, up from 31, so not ready to leave the chart just yet, in its fourth week, Alicia Keys, You Don't Know My Name. Alicia Keys name but I didn't know how casually insane the album version of You Don't Know My Name was so the single version runs at about four and a half minutes the album version is six minutes and seven seconds and what that extra section seems to be is just a one minute 30 long fake phone call between Alicia Keys and the subject of the song who is a guy that she keeps meeting at her job as a waitress that she's trying to gain up the courage to speak to because as the song suggests he doesn't know her name worth just playing this section without comment because i love how oddly specific it gets you come in every wednesday on your lunch break i think and you always order the special with the hot chocolate and my manager be tripping and stuff talking about we gotta use water but i always use some milk and cream for you because That is Alicia Keys, oddly specific, at number 30. And then we don't have another new entry all the way until number 11. So I'll count down gradually through these, making a few notes of things along the way. Let me first take you, however, to number 25. So Alicia Keys, 30. At 29, another song that's actually up four places this week. So a disappointing single for the Big Brothers. It only got to number 15, but it is showing a little bit of of staying power there in its fourth week, Ain't What You Do. A song that is not showing as much staying power as her former work is at number 28 for Dido. That is Life for Rent down from 26 in its fifth week. Although, of course, she had sold a million copies of her album by then. So exactly how well a single could do was questionable. To travel the world alone and live more simply. I have no idea what's happened to that dream. Cause there's really nothing left here to stop me. It's just a thought, only a thought. If my life is for. But it's kind of sad for Dido because this is the end of her peak as the most successful female singer in Britain because Life of Rent will be her last top 10 single. In fact, she will only have two more top 40 hits. One will be in April this year and another in September. The first of those being the frankly camp Don't Leave Home, a song, and this is true, that is written from the perspective of drugs to the person that is taking them. So can't wait to talk about that in a few months, but for now, we are leaving Dido at number 28. At 27, another former number one, doing incredibly well in its 11th week, down from 24. This is Fat Man Scoop and the Crooklyn Clan with Be Faithful. All the good looking women sing along. I can't hear y'all. Oh, uh-huh. 
hope you're uh, being faithful to all your New Year's resolutions out there, guys. Just the spirit of a chart music DJ just infected me there briefly. 26 down from 25 in its third week. Stunt 101 by the G-Unit, the only band on this list who have pushed my mum at Outside the Blue Peter Studios. Might blow. I'm finna drop that, so I suggest you really low. But keep from cash, build ten of keys. Getting them ten of keys. 25, we have simply read in their fifth week with You Make Me Feel Brand New. Can't when I needed a friend. Believed in me through thick and brief thing it's worth mentioning with regards to Simply Red is of course at this time they were releasing songs from their own record label the brilliantly named simplyred.com obviously simplyred.com was the website for Simply Red and so hopefully the if you wanted to just find their record label you could go to simplyred.com.com just the kind of things that keep me awake at night there let me take you to number 20 and then I'll give you a preview of what we have in that top 10 so at 24 another song that's up this week think basically these songs are all benefiting from the fact that the Christmas songs in this chart completely crashed and burned and just with the most part completely dropped out of the chart this week leaving a lot of spaces for songs that haven't actually sold that well just staying on the chart because they are not you know the idols singing happy Xmas war is over although actually that is ironically one of the Christmas songs that has managed to stay in the top 40 this week some songs that didn't however were Santa's List by Cliff Richard that's gone down from 22 to 51 this week. Quick maths, I think that's a 29 place drop for Cliff. I'm noticing a song here that I didn't notice last week because it only got to number 44. At 54, we have Basil Brush's Boom Boom slash Christmas Slide. Can't wait to hear a little bit of that. I'm sure that's going to be really good. Christmas is all around. That has done a 26 place drop from number 37 to number 63. And also worth noting from outside of the top 40, by the way, is a pop star whose career seems to be in huge trouble here. This week, Craig David, his new single, You Don't Miss Your Water, a terrible title, has only got to number 43. Not great for a guy who only three years ago managed two number one singles. Although I'm looking here, apparently the full title is You Don't Miss Your Water Till the Well Runs Dry. Guess that's technically true, but not enough to get Craig David a top 40 hit. In fact, that is his worst charting song by a country mile because his last worst charting hit actually was his previous single, World Filled With Love, which only got to number 15. But even so, that would have been a big Christmas disappointment for old Craigie. He, however, manages to claw his way back, getting two more top 10 singles in 2005, a top 10 hit in 2007. And then remember when he just like weirdly came back and was like, was always on the Love Island soundtrack in 2015 and had another top 10 hit. So we can't crown out Craig David, even though he is currently at number 43. 
Anyway, let's get back into the top 40. Feels very weird to be out of it. At 24, in its fourth week down from 29, up from 29. Oh yeah, that was where we were before that huge tangent. Powerless Say What You Want by Nelly Furtado. We have Swing Low by UB40 featuring United Colours of Sound. That song has had a fascinating life in the chart. out of the top 40 in its third week and then started climbing back up all the way to its peak at number 15 went 44 37 36 28 17 19 and then a peak of 15 this week however it is back out of the chart so 23 this week and in two weeks time it will be out of the top 40 it seems that sometimes sports fans can let go of the fact that they won a competition once still counting on the 1966 one that will they'll stop going on about that any day now 22 meanwhile in its fifth week down from 17 the closest thing to crazy by k2 melua how can i have got in so deep why did i fall in Is the closest thing to crazy I have ever been Feeling 22 Acting 17 And the closest thing to Katie Melua is at number 21 and it's fourth week down from 18 The Voice Within by Christina Aguilera Evanescence with My Immortal. This pain is just too real. There's just too much that time cannot erase. When you cried, I wipe away all your tears. When you scream, I fight away all of your fears. I held your hand through very good place to have Evanescence and Christina Aguilera there together because both when they have their very dyed black hair you know they could have hopefully shared tips with each other about how to avoid root damage and the feeling of your hair turning into straw so hopefully they did that but they did not get into the top 10 so let's have a look at some songs that are trying to get there this week four big new entries left to talk about let's start with the big headline song of the week in fact it is two songs from victoria beckham the incredible let your head go and this groove 
I know I argued last week and frequently on Twitter that maybe by Emma Bunton is the best ever Spice Girls solo song, but I think the true heads who don't just get their music from Spotify know that this groove and Let Your Head Go is a underrated double bill. Maybe Let Your Head Go being my second favourite Spice Girls solo song. This, of course, is the first single from Victoria Beckham's soon hoping to be her second album, although of course we know that was never released, although the album, a bootleg of it called Open Your Eyes, is readily available to anyone on YouTube and I'm not sure. Is it criminally prosecutable for me to advise you to listen to that because it's illegal? I'm not sure, but I'm just saying if if you wanted... If you were a fan of pop music and you wanted to hear that, it exists. Of course, at this point, Victoria is the only Spice Girl not to have a number one single. Mel B was first with... Let's see if I can get this in the right order. Mel B was first with I Want You Back, her duet with Missy Elliott in 98. And then in 2000, Mel C got two number ones with I Turn To You and Never Be The Same Again. In 1999, Jerry had two number ones with Michiko Latino and Lift Me Up. Then had a third number one single in 2000 with Bag It Up. And then in 2001, I believe, had her fourth number one single with It's Raining Men. And Emma Bunton in 2001 had her only number one with What Took You So Long. Which all this means that Victoria, without a number one single, of course, she got a number two single with Out of Your Mind, but was beaten to the top spot by Groove Jet by Spiller. The singer of which was one Sophie Ellis-Bexter and some hilarious record exec has released Sophie Ellis-Bexter's new single on the same day as Victoria Beckham's comeback. That is frankly rude to Victoria Beckham, but it's very funny. That song for Sophie Ellis-Bexter is I Won't Change You. Her peak so far as a solo artist has been number two, which is where Take Me Home and Murder on the Dance Floor both got to. The first song from her second album, Shoot From The Hip, got to number seven in October. She'll be hoping to, if not get a number one single with I Won't Change You, at least it would be pretty sweet if she could beat Victoria Beckham again. I'm sure she was feeling. So they are our, they are two of our big contenders, but also I mentioned him briefly earlier. We have Alistair Griffin, the runner-up of Fame Academy season two. Alex Parks's Maybe That's What It Takes was a number three hit in 2003, and now he is hoping to match her success with his double a side of bring it on and my lover's prayer so they are three big hits and then the fourth one that's trying to get into the top 10 this week is the latest single from the s club juniors they too have never had a number one single at this point they had three number two hits with a, in a row with one step closer automatic high and new direction they all came out in 2002 and then after that puppy love got to number six for no more number four Sundown number four, and so it seems unlikely, but we will see whether they're able to get their only number one single with their third song from their album, Sundown. So 19, the, at this point now, the longest running song on this chart because it is in its 12th week. It reached a peak of number two. It's now at number 19, up from number 21. This is Kevin Little with Turn Me On. down from seven we mentioned them earlier it's the pop idols with happy xmas war is over
Next week, talking of Pop Idol Season 2, we will get the debut single of that show's winner, Michelle McManus. So it remains to be seen. Pop Idol, of course, won in the ratings against Fame Academy. But can Michelle match Alex Parks? We will find out next week at 17. Another song that is up this week, up from number 20 in its seventh week, Girls Allowed with Jump. Down from 11 in its third week, Blue with Sign Still Delivered, I'm Yours. Have two lost in you by the sugar babes that's down from 10 We have Hey Ya by Outcast. That song has been on an upwards trajectory for the last two weeks. Started at number 22, then went to number 16, number 13. It's down one this week at number 14. But let's just say its best days are still ahead of it. So don't let this one place drop fool ya. As Simone from Drag Race might say. We have Ultra Beat who might be feeling fine with the fact that they are at only down one this week from number 12 in their third week on the chart. That's good enough for me. on the cusp of the top 10 but I wanted to do a quick fascinating fact actually not about a song that's on this week's chart but just a follow-up to something we were talking about last week in my honorable mentions to my top 40 the songs that hadn't quite made it into my best songs of the year I talked about the song yeah 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 by Melanie C 
a song that was the victim of a nightmare promotional campaign which was scuppered by the fact that Melanie C had broken her leg competing on the games. Since then, I've been listening to a new podcast called The Rest is Entertainment, hosted by Marina Hyde off The Guardian and Richard Osmond off of Pointless and some of my weirder sex dreams. But basically, in this podcast, they're talking about the making of TV and we learnt, finally, who was actually responsible for Melanie C breaking her leg. We did a show called The Games for Channel 4. Yes, I remember this. Oh my God, it was such fun. Which is celebrities doing sports. We did it live. Um, we're up in Sheffield, which is where we filmed all that, and we would do the, the 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 female celebrities were doing judo on one particular day. Okay, listen, it was stupid, uh, and um, we're doing the heats in the afternoon, and Mel C is fighting against Azra Akin, and I don't need to tell you that's Miss World, so it's Mel C against Miss World, uh, and they're doing the heats, and we're, we're we're live that evening in Sheffield. Anyway, Miss World throws Mel C, she breaks her leg. It was like harrowing. She's screaming. So all the other celebrities, there's Gail Porter, there's Josie Darby, all sorts of people were like, oh no. And they were going, we're not going to go on this evening. So yeah, the fact that that song only got to 28 in the chart, I'm blaming on you, Richard Osmond. Moving swiftly on for my fury at number 12, down from four in its third week, Proper Crimbo by Bo Selector. Number 11, their first time missing out on the top 10. Would you believe this will end up being their last ever single get ready to say goodbye to... And that's not wasn't a pun on the fact that they're Esclabate and Say Goodbye was the song from S Club 7. But let's pretend it was. This is Don't Tell Me You're Sorry by S Club 8. My head, you're the tainted mirror in your step. My heart is to reject. So I gotta keep my distance when you tell me you can change. You can burn me with the heat of your love cause I put it in the shade. Don't tell them that you're sorry that you only let them get to number 11 with a song that, let's face it, isn't quite as good as Fall No More or Sundown. Fall No More, a entry in my top 40 songs of 2003, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, don't like this song as much as those other two songs which I love. And that's only partly due to the fact that on the single cover of Don't Tell Me You're Sorry by S Club 8, Jay is wearing a CBGB's t-shirt, the legendary punk club. And I'm sorry, no. If you're in the S Club Juniors, you cannot wear a CBGB's t-shirt. Be like being a member of parliament wearing a cannibal corpse t-shirt. You just can't do it. You're just from a different world. You know, not to be rude to Jay, but I wonder whether he could spell CBGB's, let alone go there. Should be illegal, that. So this is, as I said, the last top 10 single for S Club 8, but it does, it is a milestone for them in a way because it is the first of their singles in which all eight of them sing a main line in the song yeah it's taken what eight singles to get that far seven singles for all of them to actually just get credited each get a singing line the reason we know this is because of this week's pop hero someone on all of the s club juniors slash eight singles pages has written a complete breakdown of who sings what. Which basically, what it tells you is that all of the singing, pretty much, is done by the two members who, would you believe it, ended up in the Saturdays, Frankie and Rochelle, with the others only occasionally getting to sing anything. 
Let's look at One Step Closer, for example. The Wikipedia reads, Frankie Sanf- Sanford sings, sings the first verse. Of course, she's now Frankie Bridge. Calvin Goldspink sings the first part of the first and the third bridges. Jay Asforis sings the second part of the first and third bridges and the first part of the second bridge. Daisy Evans sings the second verse. Hannah Riching sings the backing vocal during the second verse. Stacey McLean sings the second part of the second bridge and backing vocals during the final chorus. Rochelle Wiseman sings backing vocals in the final chorus. And Alan Renfrey does not have any solos in that song. So that song nearly getting all eight of them the best of these pages by the way is the one for puppy love in which only calvin sings and everyone else just does backing vocals it just says calvin goldspink sang lead vocals for puppy love the other members frankie sanford aaron renfrey stacy mclean rochelle wiseman Daisy evans hannah richardson js forest did not have any solos in the song can you believe this is a band that didn't have that much longevity and i hope in by the way in saying all those people's names that has been a boost for my seo for all of those people who of course are desperately searching the full names of s club juniors at all times i mean if those people do exist they are my target audience so welcome Talking about the One Step Closer single, by the way, it has one of the most horrifyingly named B-sides of all times. All time. This is from UKCD2, track three. You have One Step Closer, track one. Track two is a karaoke version of One Step Closer. And track three is called S Club Juniors Girls Reveal Their Secrets to the S Club 7 Boys. I do miss when CDs would just have a random interview with the stars on them. Obviously, Girls Allows the Show having the iconic the after show on it being a famous example but some like teenage and in some cases pre-teen girls telling their quote-unquote secrets to grown men is i imagine creepy and i say i imagine because who can believe it no one has thought to put that song slash interview onto spotify and so if you have the one step closer single I'm begging you to send me a copy of S Club Juniors Girls Reveal Their Secrets to S Club 7 Boys. It might, I think that will probably actually sending me to that will put you on a list. But if you're willing to take that risk, it's at the 2000 chart show at gmail.com. We'll be very appreciative to get to see what the hell that is all about. During lockdown, the S Club 8 slash Juniors members had an Instagram reunion in which we learn basically what happened to them after their single bombed. Firstly, they got to record I Dream, if anyone can remember that bizarre TV show. It was basically the members of S Club 8 and then some random people, including Matt D'Angelo, who ended up playing Dino on EastEnders. It was a kind of comedy drama of them living in a performing arts school which would have a song of its own released called dreaming we will see how well that does in a few months time spoiler alert (laughs) basically once i dream was done they were told that the band would be shelved for a while and then the record label just told them that their tutoring would be stopped and the lease was up on their house so they just basically had to move back home they were told they would hear about future projects in due course and they just of course never heard anything and so that was the end of s club juniors although it's got they've got to reunite at some point right i guess getting eight people on board is quite a difficult thing to do but they could make at least 28 pounds doing that so they should definitely do it but of course this won't this is the last time that we've talked about s club eight as a band but we will get to talk a little bit about i dream when that song comes out i dream being a tv show set in a performing arts academy of course makes us think of the tv show fame but let's say i dream was more uh, lame than fame although weirdly looking it up of course i did watch it at the time but crazily enough i dream hasn't left a big memory in my head it features christopher lloyd the comedy legend from the back to the future films and clue i just would i would watch a eight hour documentary of what it was like for christopher lloyd this great comedian to know how far he had sunk that he now had to act alongside Stacey, Aaron, Calvin, etc. Annoyingly, no one when interviewing Christopher Lloyd has asked about I Dream. I guess that makes sense. You know, you ask too many questions about such things that no one cares about as like, I don't know, Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And then you're like, oh, I forgot the questions about the obscure C-Proper C show 
that no one remembers. Damn it. Just journalists have their priorities all wrong. And so that song, don't don't tell me you're sorry, just missing out of the top 10. But let's see now what has made it into the top 10. So number 10 now, this song is in its third week, down from nine, it is Atomic Kitten with Ladies Night. talking about Jay's CBGB's t-shirt in One Step Closer but it's not any worse a cover than the album cover of the album Ladies Night by Atomic Kitten. Just have a quick Google of it right now. You can't have an album called Ladies Night where I mean it does have three ladies on it. A it looks very bright so I'm thinking it's Ladies Day and secondly they're all scowling. So it's like, that's not a great ladies' night, is it? You know, it feels like a ladies' night in the same way that a intervention that is just all women is technically a ladies' night, but I don't think it would be much fun. But as we did learn the other day, I can't remember how, Liz is a member of Mensa, so she really should have been smart. Smart enough to know that, you, you know, you if you're going to call an album ladies' night, you could make it look like having a ladies' night with you might be in any way enjoyable. Just a suggestion. And that might be why they are at number 10. Behind, at number 9, the woman of 2024, weirdly. Bizarre how that's happened. But here she is at number 9. It's actually crazy that, yeah, she's charting higher now in 2024 than she was in 2004. This is I Won't Change You by Sophie Ellis Bexter. You, you changed my life Cause you're the one who showed me I had everything right As I said, great time to be talking about her when she's at number eight in the contemporary top 40. The last time that that song, by the way, Murder on the Dance Floor, was in the top 40 was March 2002. And this is her first time in the top 40 in a decade because her last, the last time she got there was when Youngblood got to number 34 in January 2014. Yeah, having quite the moment. Apparently, New Year's Eve was the day in which the most streams of Murder on the Dance Floor ever took place. And it's been great on seeing on social media everyone celebrating their favourite Sophie Ellis Bexter songs that they felt hadn't got enough public attention. Of course, I... Who would I be if I didn't highlight some of them myself? Obviously, let's start with Mixed Up World, which was, I think, what, number seven on my list of the top songs of 2003 last week? Definitely give that a go. Also... Really worth highlighting some of Sophia Lispector's amazing B-sides. I particularly want to focus on her campus tits cover of Yes So I Can Boogie by Baccarat. Also, the B-side to Bittersweet, which, by the way, if we're talking about underrated Sophie Lespector songs, then Bittersweet is there. But the B-side was a song called Sophia Loren, written by Kathy Dennis, most famously the writer of Can't Get Out of My Head by Kylie and Toxic by Britney. It's a song that will make you incredibly nostalgic for good pop B-sides. I don't know when, 
in fact, bringing it all the way back around, her cover of Yes, I Could Boogie was the B-side to I Won't Change You, which means this is an absolutely incredible week for cunty pop covers on B-sides, because, of course, the B-side to Jump by Girls Aloud is their underrated cover of Grease from the film Grease. It's where we are, however, in a run of bad album covers in which the artist didn't get the brief. It's something like they're having the worst ladies' night ever, whereas Sophia Lispector's album is called Shoot From The Hip, and there she is, taking a picture with the camera straight to her eye. And so I do worry that Sophia Lispector doesn't know where her body parts are, and she needs to sort that out ASAP. But here we are with I Won't Change You, not one of my favourite Sophia Lispector songs, I have to say. I don't really like her kind of more, I guess, conceit-led songs where basically there's a the whole song is based around one idea in a, you know in the same way like a renaissance poem might be and so it's also why i don't like the song music gets the best of me which is basically being like all the ways in which she loves music more than the guy that she's with but she's willing to make room for him i've always found that song a bit cheesy and also i found this song which is about how she won't change her man if he doesn't change her i've always found the lyrics a little bit trite but there is one lyric in this song that me and my sister have been obsessed with for 20 whole years since this song came out. Tried to change my figure, my diet too. I'll still change my underwear if that's okay with you. One of the maddest lyrics that there ever was, in our opinion. Always, we'll just bring it up at random intervals when we're having a conversation. Yes, I'll still change my underwear if that's okay with you. Don't want to know what kind of pit pig Sophia Lispector was dating. You know, I've heard stories from my uh, more sexually adventurous gay friends of guys being like, you know, don't wash for like a week before we hook up. I wonder if that's the situation that Sophie Lispector was in. All we can do is, if you're listening, Sophie, you're probably too busy right now processing your sudden relevancy. But if you're not, please let us know what was going on with you in 2004 at 2000.com. So the album Shoot for the Hip producing two top 10 singles, which is not bad, but certainly a step back from the first album in which the first three tracks went to number two, number two, and number three. Although the aforementioned Music Gets the Best of Me did get to only number 14. So, you know, they were probably, I would say they'd be pretty happy with getting two top 10 singles. And yet this would be the last single from Sophie Lispector's Shoot From The Hip. And in fact, she would not release another single for three whole years until the incredible Catch You came out in February 2007. So what happened is the question, I guess. Sophia Lispector said of this time to Attitude magazine in 2014, the second album still had the same feel as the first, but it was maybe a little bit darker. During the record, I was going for a bit of a breakup, so there was a few breakup songs on there. I wasn't feeling quite as funny and breezy as I was in the first album, but I got it back on album three. This may be why the album only got to number 19, which might suggest why there weren't any more singles from it. At this time, Sophie Ellis when she was making the video for I Won't Change You, she discovered that she was pregnant. And so we might speculate that the reason that she took some time away was that she decided to focus on being a mother, which is a very admirable thing to do. Although it should be noted that when she would return with her third album, it would be on a new record label. So there may have been some record label skullduggery going on as well as there always is. So after this song, she would focus on being a mother, which is funny because in Mixed Up World, I think she was focusing on being mother, as the Gen Z would say. That's the Gen Z, by the way. And I did a poll the other day in work when Sophie Lispector was announced as a drag race judge and they just didn't know who she was, which I thought was rude, which is probably why now they're so excited about Murder on the Dance Floor. So good for them. You know, you want to be like, part of you wants to be like, oh, how do they not know about this song? But any time that anyone discovers pop history, that is great. And you know, if they want to do it a little bit more... I know a certain podcast that they can uh, they can listen to. And then after they've listened to Justin Hawkins' Rides Again, they can give us a go. Certainly at number eight is a song that I'm amazed 
Gen Z haven't taken to the heart. How could they possibly have forgotten about at number eight, I'm Your Man by Shane Ritchie. And mock but it has been in the top 10 for six weeks at this point of course another song that reached a peak of number two and is that because it is a number two well it would be rude of me to say one thing i did learn this week however about i'm your man by shane ritchie is that they decided for some reason to put a dance remix on the single the i'm your man shanghai surprises east end pop mix apparently i'm hoping that this will be available somewhere online for me to listen to future sam here no doesn't exist on YouTube. Cannot believe that no one was a big enough Shane Ritchie fan not to put on this ridiculous dance remix. So please, again, if you find this song in a random charity shop, as I know many of you love to do a weekend singles charity shop run, please rip the surprise Shanghai surprise remix and send it to me. Thanks. My questions: A, why did why did they think it was necessary? And B, you really feel sorry for the poor remixer who was given the task of doing a banging dance remix of "I'm Your Man" by Shane Ritchie. You know, their record label's like, okay, great, we've got a huge British male star for you to remix. Okay, uh, he's kind of a cheeky chappy, and they're like, oh my god, amazing! I'm doing a Robbie Williams remix. That's going to be so big for my. G-. No, it's Alpha Move Me Standards. Sorry, yeah, sorry, <laughs> a bit awkward. But hey, Shang- whoever Shanghai Surprise is, hopefully they made some good money on the I'm Your Man East End Pop Mix. Talking about Justin Hawkins' Rides Again, by the way, at number seven, we have the highest charting Christmas single from this January, down from three in its third week on the chart, Christmas Time, Don't Let the Bells End. number six a former number one in its sixth week on the chart and at number six so a big seller for will young with leave right now So please explain why you're opening up a healing wound again. Song that will continue to be everywhere in 2004. I remember just any time anybody needed to leave a room for whatever reason, you would sing. I think I better leave right now. That was the peak of comedy in 2006. It was either that or blackface on Little Britain. So you know, different times, different times. Certainly, saying leave right now and leaving a room is funnier than that. Yeah, good. At number five, two new entries left. Victoria Beckham, Alistair Griffin, and of course, last week's number one. It's been two weeks on the top spot for Mad World by Michael Andrews featuring Gary Jules. Can they make it a third week at number one? Well, certainly Alistair Griffin will not be challenging them because he is here at number five with Bring It On slash My Lover's Prayer. The TV's gone. The edge is moving. 
you're surviving somehow If this is life, then bring it on Don't believe a word they say You gotta make it your own way This might be the answer to your As I've said, Alistair Griffin got second place on Fame Academy behind Alex Parks. However, this wasn't enough to give him anything less than the lowest charting debut single from a Fame Academy finalist. David Snedden got to number one with Stop Living the Lie. Sinead Quinn, number two with I Can't Break Down. Lamar, I think number two for Dance With You. And Alex Parks, number three with Maybe That's What It Takes. But number five, not a bad placement at all for a guy whose Fame Academy journey started with an absolute slagging from the head judge of Fame Academy, Richard Park. However, one person who did defend Alistair Griffin was Robin Gibb from the Bee Gees, who was a, I seem to remember, a guest mentor for most of Fame Academy Season 2. He said that Alistair Griffin had a unique talent, an ideal recording voice, and an engaging vocal tone. Maybe why My Lover's Prayer by Alistair Griffin is a duet between him and Robin Gibb of, of course, the Bee Gees. Clearly, Robin Gibb a fan, but not enough of a fan, it should be said, to give Alistair Griffin the A-grade material, because My Lover's Prayer is the syrupiest of all syrupy Cliff Richard ballads. This is giving full Cliff Richardry. However, Robin Gibb did like him enough to not only do that duet, but also touring with Alistair Griffin as his support act in his solo tour of Germany. And no, I don't know why Robin Gibb just did a tour of Germany, maybe. Oh, that is the good, they are good Bee Gees, yeah, is how I imagine people were at that gig. So yeah, Alistair Griffin seen for much of Fame Academy as the front runner. But ultimately, Alex Parks took the crown, and this may be partly down to one of our favourite deranged celebrities of the mid-2000s, Daniel Bedingfield. Apparently, many people complained to Ofcom after Daniel Bedingfield, at the final of Fame Academy, duetted with both finalists, but then told the audience that they should just vote for Alex, which is a pretty serious breach of uh, competition guidelines. And no, don't worry, I won't read to you any more from Ofcom, but I could, and that is a big violation. Apparently, this led the BBC to be forced to close down the points of view message board as it was flooded by negative messages leading Daniel Benefield to make a public apology to Alistair Griffin for his behaviour and outburst. However, Daniel Benefield wasn't the only person trying to ruin Alistair Griffin's career. Apparently on the show, Richard Parks made a prediction that Alistair Griffin's songs would never get played on the radio stations that he owned. He was the chairman, I think, of the EMAP stations. And then that ended up coming true. You have to say, you're like, oh, I wonder why Fame Academy failed as a concept when even its judges who are there to like support the show don't do anything to, you know, they literally own a series of radio stations and then they're like, hmm, I predicted this guy's songs will never be played on my radio stations and they won't because I'm not going to do a foot to help him. Kind of a bit shitty of Richard Park. Certainly Simon Cowell would never do that shit. He would pump Ben Haynow down your throat until you gagged. But Richard Park's simultaneously a better and worse person, it seems. However, none of this stopped the song apparently being number one for six consecutive weeks on the music TV channel The Box. A channel, if my experience of it is anything to go by, watched almost entirely by young gay pop fans. So um, I wonder why they voted for Alistair Griffin so much. I also love that somebody just knew that because there's no source for that anywhere. So someone just put that in the Wikipedia. Totally unsourced. Just has. Probably one of those children and I was this kind of person who like would write down like any pop chart that they saw on TV like if it was like the top 10 like you know Suggs picks his 80s bangers I'd be like yep yeah, write that down in a notebook must maintain that for prestige so someone has done that for that and now we know that Alistair Griffin was huge on the box and what more could you want to know than that as for what Alistair Griffin has been doing since 
since his pop career flopped, which, let's be honest, it's going to do imminently, because this will be his only official single. I assume he had a second single that just didn't get into the top 100 so we don't know we don't it hasn't been kind of kept for posterity but this is the only time he would ever be in the top 40 or indeed the top 100 but he in 2014 you'll be pleased to know wrote the official song for the 2014 tour de france which he recorded with kimberly walsh from girls aloud so a pretty steamy duet the je t'aime mon plus of the cycling world ask your dad and then in 2017 his home was wrecked by a speeding car this is from the Yorkshire Press Fame Academy star Alistair Griffin penned Just Drive which became the theme song for F1 coverage on Sky Sports but he was left wishing he had written Just Slow Down we got this writer having a laugh after his house in York was wrecked by a stolen Audi which was being chased by police the car mounted the curb destroyed a bus stop crashed over his garden wall and landed on its roof destroying the front windows and walls of two houses alistair 39 said luckily i wasn't in it at the time but when i got home it was in quite a mess but alistair griffin definitely not looking a mess he is looking for how was he 39 in 2017 looks exactly the same as he did in 2004 on the front cover of bring it on so good for you alistair griffin but not good enough to get past number five behind at number four another former number two hit up from six in its seventh week shut up by the Black Eyed Peas. I love you, boo. I love you too. I miss you a lot. I miss you even more. That's why I flew you out when we was on tour. But then something got out of hand. You start yelling when I would break plans. Even though I had legitimate reasons. You know I have to make them dividends. How could you trust a private eyes, girl? That's why you don't believe my lies and quick to say, shut up, just shut up, shut up. Shut up, just shut up, shut up. We try to take it slow, but we're still. Or as I like to do it, because it expresses my view about the modern day Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas, shut up. At number three now, we have another new entry, which means that we have not got a new entry at number one this week. Victoria Beckham, unable to get a number one single. Here she is with her double A side of This Groove and Let Your Head Go. with this groove there because both of the double a side tracks this groove and let your head go are in my opinion completely iconic we need to give them both their due so i will talk about this groove this week and next week we'll talk all about let your head go but first some general context about what was going on with victoria beckham at this point basically 2003 saw her recording two different albums one of which was called come together which had an r&b and hip-hop sound and then the other one was called open your eyes which had a more dance pop style. Accounts differ on which one of these happened first. The general consensus has been that she wasn't happy with the pop open your eyes and so she worked on 
come together, which she thought had a kind of harder sound. But I've been looking at some reporting from the time, and it seems that she, maybe even in secret from her record label, recorded Come Together with a man called Damon Dash, who we'll get to in a sec. And then the record label were kind of panicked that no one wanted Posh Spice to get ghetto, and so they made her record Open Your Eyes. But what we do know is that the single was a compromise between those two worlds because Let Your Head Go is from the Open Your Eyes sessions, and this groove is from the Come Together sessions. I think maybe her record label had the brilliant idea that whichever one seemed to be the most popular would be the album that they released, which is a good idea, except, of course, neither of those albums came out. They've both leaked online. But because her record label would soon go bankrupt, sadly, neither of those songs led to a album, which is a great shame because both songs are great in their own way. So, yes, this groove, a result of Victoria Beckham's friendship and collaboration with Damon Dash, who was the co-founder of, of Rockefeller Records, co-founded, of course, with Jay-Z, the record label that made Jay-Z a billionaire. Apparently the pair were introduced by Naomi Campbell, which is, you know, just love when celebrities know each other. And then yeah, he became somewhat of her muse. She modelled for Damon Dash's fashion line and then he worked on a number of tracks for a hip-hop related album. And also he went into the press to accuse Victoria Beckham's record label of planting stories about her to make her look ridiculous and to undermine her attempt to make hip-hop music. This is from the Daily Mail in late 2003. Victoria Beckham's new pop mentor has entered the war of words over a recording deal accusing her record label of making up negative stories. Her record label Telstar which paid £1.5 million to sign her is said to be nervous about Dash's image and hardcore sound. He told the Evening Standard because Victoria's record company aren't happy about the fact that she came over to New York to work with me they are putting out stories. Before anyone's even heard the album they are making things up. I heard a story that Victoria was calling herself the female Eminem but that's just dumb. She never said that. I'm going to open Rockefeller Records in London. I'll show these Telstar cats how it's done. This does mean the Come Together sessions feature the hilarious collaboration, unlikely collaboration, between Victoria Beckham and Old Dirty Bastard, which I've heard is what Rebecca Luz used to call David Beckham. Yes, we went there. So yet he was calling out her record label for making up lies, but he was not above slagging her off in the press too. He told TRL in the US, if we can make Victoria hot, we can make anyone hot. Basically his way of saying that, guess what? I can polish a turd, which is unfair because the results of their collaborations is pretty good. This groove is a great song which is really coming for Alicia Keys' crown of ridiculous phone calls in songs. If you ever wondered what Posh Spice would sound like having PG-rated phone sex, then you have to listen to this groove where she does exactly that. Hi. It's me. Keep your eyes on me. You wouldn't believe what I'm doing. Yes, unfortunately, they had to cut out the line in which she said, I'm fudding myself silly. That's a great, great shame. See, I mean, that's a joke. But to be fair, if she did have a line in there saying, I'm fudding myself silly, it would not be the most ridiculous lyric in this groove by Victoria Beckham. Here's a sample. You see, I made the decision to give you a call because sex is written in the scribbled writings on the wall. Okay, what, you're in like a public toilet block. Don't, you know, don't look at those. Don't look at those drawings too hard. And of course, the iconic bit where the song just goes, biddy bong, biddy bong. Bing bang bong wishes. Oh, and of course, the fact that there is a song all about phone sex where she keeps saying, keep your eyes on me. And I'm like, babe, Skype hasn't doesn't exist yet. What are you doing on your Motorola Razr with like a one megapixel video, are you? Okay, maybe she had a special high-tech Spice Girls phone that us mere mortals were not able to access. Who can say? By the way, the if you wondered where the sample for this groove came from, it came from a song called Don't Disturb This Groove by The System, which made the number four in the Billboard Hot 100 in 1987. Hang the sign up on the door I say don't disturb this groove 
but did not chart in the UK. And it does seem, to Victoria Beckham's credit, that she maybe was right that the hip-hop stuff was a better fit because on Top of the Pops in 2003, late 2003, they did a promotion where viewers could vote on whether they wanted her to perform Let Your Head Go or This Groove when she performed and this groove won so it seemed top of the pops viewers at the time were more into her harder edge sound than her pop stuff even though in my opinion let your head go is the superior song so yes unfortunately this means that victoria beckham does not have a number one single and although number three you would think is pretty good when we get to exactly how few sales the number one single made this week it does not bode well for how many sales this song sold but on the plus side she was able to defeat Sophia Lespector this time which may have been a cold comfort for her it certainly actually was successful enough that they were going to release a second single from the album called my love is for real but then as we've talked about before telstar records partly because they gave a huge advance to both victoria beckham and claire sweeney went bankrupt in 2004 so that never went ahead and left victoria beckham without a record contract just deciding to focus on fashion rather than pop which is a bit of a shame i think but the press had it out for her at this point there was a lot of people had a lot of fun with the this claim that she'd called herself the female Eminem. So you could see why she may think it was more effort than it was worth. So that's Victoria Beckham's This Groove at number three. We'll talk about Let Your Head Go and its incredible music video next week. But for now, here are number two single, a former number one in its fourth week, staying firm at two, is Ozzy Osbourne and Kelly Osbourne's Changes. I love her so. third week michael andrews and gary jules's mad world is at number one in its first week on the chart the song sold 227,547 copies down to 167,000 in its second week and down to just 45,761 copies this week a very low week of sales which again if victoria beckham couldn't even beat that let alone the amount of copies that changes were selling then you can see why she was like it's not really worth the effort i'm just going to end up like mel c and have my next song chart at 28 which yeah good for her because it does mean that she is actually the only spice girl who whose every single single went into the top 10. So say what you want about Victoria Beckham, but she still holds that record. So yeah, it's a very low week for sales, which means we are very likely to get a new number one next week. And with new singles from Khalees, Michelle McManus and Sean Paul all coming out, one of those is looking like they will be our next number one. But to find out which, you'll have to tune in next week. But first, let me say thank you again for listening. Welcome to 2004. I hope it can bring you as much pleasure as 2003 did. If you want more pleasure, look at those scribbled writings on the wall or... If not, follow us on Twitter at 2000schartshow, at Instagram at the2000schartshow. I promise there will, we've been a bit lax on the social media content recently, but 2004, we're hoping to bring it back with a bang. So keep an eye out for that. Email us with the various B-sides that I'm desperate to hear at the2000schartshow at gmail.com. Follow, like, rate, review, subscribe. Please, please, please. Thank you. And good night for another week. Here is our number one song, Mad World. No tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had I find it hard to tell you, I find it hard to take When 
Young people run in circles. It's a very, very mad.